We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello and welcome into the So Rare Andrews podcast brought to you by Rotowire. I am Andrew Laird. Uh, you can find me on So Rare at Lairdino. You can find me on Twitter at Rotowire Andrew. Joined as always by Andy Black, who you can find uh, on So Rare as Black and ABBlack86 on Twitter. Andy, today, Champion America discussion. Um, how excited are you? I, are you? Let me rephrase. Are you more excited about MLS coming back or more excited to just use all these cards that we've been staring at for months? Yes. <laughs> I am excited for both of those things. I think mostly it's like, yeah, we've had these cards sitting in our collections for what since I mean, for me since November, right. where just no utility. So that's six six months, I guess. So it's really exciting to finally like just even putting them in lineups and staring at it and and just <laughs> thinking like, oh, what could be this weekend? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to watch the games. I'm excited uh, uh, about all, all that, but like most most importantly, it's like, yeah, I just want I just want to look at them in my lineups. <laughs> I think I've made I started like three or four weeks ago uh, making lineups in the so rare data like lineup builder and just saving yeah. them and moving guys around. And I'm like, boy, it's going to be excited when I can actually use these cards uh, not right. on so rare data. Um, like I I joined in November started buying in December and I started buying MLS cards back then because the Euro guys were so expensive because they were mid season. Right. And then it's like, I'm buying these cards and I'm like, wait, I can't play. So then I'm like, I guess I'll have to buy some Euro cards, but like buying the MLS cards back then, my gosh, did I miss a humongous opportunity to not right. just like gobble them up. Um, Certainly. We, we joke around about the, uh, the Christmas bundles that they had. Um, a friend of mine bought a DC United one that included Bill Hamid um, 
who's injured now, his price has gone down, but the price that he paid for the entire bundle is less than what he could sell the Hamid card for now. And it's yeah. just like those out of season cards is, are just amazing. My, the first bundle I ever bought was an MLS bundle right around that time. Mm-hmm. And it was the only reason I got it was it had Eloy room in it. So uh, I got it around like 0.2 or something. And I was like, Oh, okay, that's probably good value. But it also <laughs> had Fontana in it. It had like Robin Lode in it. Uh, uh, yeah, it's just it's it was disgusting. Like like looking back then, I was like, oh, I don't know. I think I did all right on this one. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you did, but yeah, a little bit better. Right. Um, and of course, that's like something that a lot of people are getting bothered by. That just like, man, if they had just joined six months ago and all this stuff. Yeah. Because uh, sure. the prices that we're seeing on a lot of these MLS guys, uh, it gets a little crazy. Like, um, I sporadically like send you some prices that I just think are kind of outrageous. And then yeah. I feel like an hour later, the same guy goes for even more. But um, I think people just have to realize like that's kind of how this game works that like coming into a season, everybody wants to play. And so naturally this yeah. is very, very basic supply and demand. And so uh, demand for MLS is very high right now. And so that's why yeah. prices are up. Yeah. And I think that there's going to be like ebbs and flows too. We're like, sure. At the beginning of the year, everything's, sky high but as people now get rewards and realize okay well i can't play any more lineups i can only play so many lineups i can sell this goalkeeper now and that'll you know be something that they can throw out on the market and somebody will pick it up and they'll be a little bit of a race to the bottom almost but not i I wouldn't say race to the bottom that's probably a bad bad term but um I, i think that prices will slowly come down i'm also guessing that the second half of the season they'll like I'm expecting pretty much around the all-star break for them is really when they start going down, maybe before, just because people are going to start ramping up for the Euro seasons. And so as yep. soon as that starts up, like, you know, we see it, people sell cards from one season. They're selling their Euro cards now to get an MLS. And at some point to get, you know, MLS goes well beyond the beginning of the Euro season. And so people are going to have to sell MLS. And um, it's kind of like survival of the fittest at that point of, of who's left and uh, who wants to play. So we'll see. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so MLS is back, but we've had, we have like a number of other leagues that, uh, are, or let me, re- a couple other teams, um, yeah. that are in champion America. Uh, so the Atlas and Santos from, uh, Liga MX got Gimnasia and River Plate in Argentina. We're supposedly get any players who are in Brazil and Colombia, but there are no, uh, licensed clubs there. So I'm not sure we're seeing a, a influx of cards there, but, um, so I'm a, I've become a humongous River Plate fan uh, based off of the cards <laughs> that I own, uh, which kind of piggybacked off of uh, a c- card you have of Nicolas De La Cruz, who um, I believe you've been using in U23s um, throughout the, the Argentina season. Uh, that yeah. one lasts a little bit longer and starts earlier. It's kind of in that a little bit of the Liga MX schedule, so they don't have such a big European right. break. Um, where are you going to play him this week? Um, I don't know a hundred percent. I'm not a hundred percent sure. So, uh, there's like a lot of questions right now since it's the last week of the Belgian league. So, uh, before playoffs. So like I have like some really good U23 players there, Mm -hmm. but I, I, I'm going to have to do a lot of research tonight and tomorrow morning to see if like there's a possibility of players resting Yeah, because it's the last game. I don't know how much it matters. Like Noah Lang is the, the, the one I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if he, um, 
I, I know he's like one more yellow away from suspension, and I don't know how that affects playoffs. So I have to, I have my own work I got to do. Um, for the most part, like lineup building, I like to build like the best champion America first, and I, and then I go go to the globals after that. Okay. So like I, I'm I'm focusing right now on my America squads, and then I'm gonna use all of my other because okay, so I have a ridiculous M- MLS collection, so I'm gonna have really good. Most of my all-star and U23 lineups are going to be MLS players too. Okay. So uh, I'm, I think, prioritizing Champion America, but I'll have those players filtered into all-star and U23 as well. How about, how, what about yourself? Um, I'm going back and forth with uh, basically the whether I want to target America's more than all-star, and so um, I don't enter. I don't enter a global all-star expecting to get a card. Um, But I am disappointed when I don't get a card either. Or also, um, it's just like, (laughs) it's such a huge tournament. Um, Like we, I think it was like 5,500 people entries last week, last weekend. And, you know, for 130 cards, it's, um, it's tough to, to get, but the, the F threshold is, is a great like backdrop to that. And so like, Uh, you know, you, you never come, well, not that you never, but if you have a competitive team in Global All-Star, like you're rarely coming up empty. And so yeah. I kind of go back and forth like, well, do I try to play like a safe lineup there uh, and just like not even try to win it? But then I have, so I basically have a, a four player uh, River Plate stack that I've been using in um, in Global All-Star. And mm-hmm. I can play that in Champion America this week. And yeah. so it's like, I, I thought I built a decent enough MLS lineup, but if River Plate crushes, like that's, those are four cards that most people are not playing in Champion America. Uh, and so I think it's, I don't know if that's bec- uh, coming more from my like DFS uh, side of uh, trying to get like a differential and playing a, a more of a game theory situation there or trying to get leverage on guys where like if some of the MLS guys, I mean, we're going to see some, some silly scores because MLS is just like that. Yeah. But if I have like a team that crushes and, and it's in a league that nobody else is really playing, like maybe I need to take advantage of that. And so, yeah, I, I think I'm, that there's a lot of situations where river can just go in and play a bottom tier team and just really, wipe the floor with them yeah um and i don't know that there's that as many opportunities like that in the mls Mm -hmm. but uh and i i haven't been playing paying that close of attention i just i know though that like two weeks ago river beat a team like four nothing or something or maybe that was it's either last week or the week before something like that they they really beat the crap out of the team so uh i think that that's like i mean i would use that that strategy a little bit so that's that that's a good stack but also like like my strategy for D four All Star D four is really just like five guys, typically two midfielders mm-hmm. that definitely a hundred percent are going to start. Yeah, <laughs> like if they start, perfect. Because I think five starting players almost get you there. Like if you get five starters, you you need a maybe a little bit of help, but you're well on your way to the two, the two hundred and two fifty that you need. Yeah, I mean. Uh, it, it's almost difficult to get to not make 205 with five rare card starters. And so, right. Um, and, and even if, even if you have the common goalkeeper, I mean, if they all mm-hmm. five start, then great. You're, you need really like one decisive action and you're there. 
I've seen plenty of common goalkeepers outscore my rare goalkeepers, so I'm not, yeah. not going to crap on that idea uh, at all. Uh, so I've had like a lot of people asking because um, I have a lot of people who have been uh, buying MLS cards kind of leading up to this. Sure. And th- it's a very basic question, like where should I put this lineup? And it's both in do I play this in Global All-Star versus Champion America? And for uh, some people who have some super rares, do I play this? Do I play my best three MLS rare cards in D3 with my super rares? Or do I just try to make the best uh, D4 lineup with all rares? Like, how do you how do you look at that? Because um, I don't think enough people have enough cards to say, like, to have two elite teams, like, uh, right. enough rare cards where you're like, I have five elite ones in D4 and three uh, elite ones plus my super rares in D3. So, like... Um, what should people prioritize? Yeah, so I'm guilty of this all the time where I, you know, try to get more lineups and instead of trying to build the best lineups. Yep, me too. So I, yeah, and I think that I think that that's that's a pretty big big flaw. Like, I think that you're typically better off just not submitting an extra lineup and just submitting your best lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, if you have two lineups that could be really good, but if you make one adjustment, you could submit three. I think you're still better off just submitting two um, and just making sure that they're, they're topped out. With that said, I make that mistake all the time. <laughs> um, and then it, when it comes to D3, like I was, I, I was talking to somebody the other day and I, I think that D3 is interesting because you don't have to have the super rares, mm-hmm. but I think to win, you need the super rares yes. because the best lineups are going to have the best super rares and the best rares. So really, I, I think the people that are submitting five rares in D3 typically don't have the best rares or the best super. Obviously, yep. they don't have the best super rares, but they typically don't have the best rares either because you know they, they already don't have super rares. Mm-hmm. So I think that you're probably not going to win D3, but you can certainly cash. You can certainly get one of the tier two cards. Um, so you can sneak in and, and, and get rewards there. But I think that really like you're, you know, uh, going to have to really hit Yahtzee to, to win a D3 now, nowadays with a five rare team. Yeah. Um, I pretty much uh, just throw my leftovers in D3. I don't have any super rares. And so I'm not, I'm not going yeah. in being like, let me put my five best rares in D3 because I know without the super rares, it's just not worth it. Right. Um, mine is more like, do I target Champion America or Global All-Star? Um, I was uh, explaining to somebody that one of the benefits of, like if you're really into MLS and you mm-hmm. want better MLS cards, yeah. uh, the cards they give out in Champion America are Champion America cards. Um, so don't get upset if you do get a river plate or a Nasia card, but like you're, you have a better chance of getting an MLS card in champion America than you are, um, global all-star. So that's, um, you know, just something to consider when, when you're submitting lineups, because, uh, obviously there's no threshold in champion America, um, or anything other than all-star, but, um, like card wise, think about what you want to win. And then I kind of target that way as opposed to, uh, the other way around. And it, I, th- I think that's a great point. Like if you have three or four, you know, K or J league guys and, and you maybe want to win that fifth J league player to some, you know, to finish a team, or if you just want maybe some depth over on that side, or um, you're just 
okay, I have my MLS team, I want something else, then yeah, go put it in All-Star and, and hope to win a card there because then you can win a player that's in one of those other leagues. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I was also looking at uh, just the number of entries for each one. And obviously Global All-Star yeah. is going to continue to be the biggest. So it's not really worth comparing Global All-Star to the Champion America. But um, like looking last week, uh, last weekend, so like the, a, a full game week, uh, there were twelve, roughly 1,200 Challenger uh, D4 lineups, uh, about 850 Champion Euro uh, D4s, and 1,000 Asia ones, and 1,400 mm -hmm. uh, U23s. So I'm trying to okay. think of like what the number of lineups we'll see in MLS is. Um, we're currently, we're doing this uh, Thursday noonish on the East Coast. Um, and there are already 829 entries into the Champion America D4 and just about 250 in D3. Um, wow. Which uh, I guess it's, yeah, we're about 24 hours from the deadline, uh, a little less. Um, I think one of the problems with looking at the other regions is that there are just so many teams in Champion America. Like looking at, the, it has like three times the number from Champion Europe. Um, I think it actually still has more than Asia. And so, like, I'm looking at the number of entries, just like, can it be this many? And it's like, yeah, there, there are that many cards, uh, even though it doesn't feel, feel like there are when you're trying to buy them. But, right. um, like, I think we're just going to see a lot of entries in, in Champion America. And, and right now, for D4, we have 65 uh, people who, win, who will win a card back. Um, that sounds tough. Yeah, that is tough. <laughs> and there's going to be a lot of good lineups, too. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, kind of where I'm at on that is, what are we, about 100 lineups ahead of where Asia was last week? Yeah. It's going to be a lot. I think it's going to be, a, like, maybe not a lot higher. It's definitely going to be higher. Um, and I think I think there's a lot of excitement. Just yeah. MLS in general. A lot of the DFS guys played MLS DFS, and um, I, I just think that there's a lot of excitement around it. I think that there are kind of like uh, uh, kind of constraints preventing more. Hmm. And, and, you know, we looked at the auctions this week and, and what did we, what did we see as far as MLS goalkeepers? <laughs> there were none, basically. There was zero. Yeah. There was zero starting goalkeepers. And I think that that really puts like a constraint on the number of lineups that can be there. I mean, uh, I'm sure there's people I had somebody message me this morning looking for a goalkeeper. And I was like, well, I I've already kind of all like the prices were, were so good to sell. I, I've already sold all my extras. Like I, I I've, I've got lean. I got, I got too lean there almost. <laughs> like if I have an injury, I'll be one of the, one of the guys trying to mm -hmm. trying to hit people up buying another one. So uh, yeah, I think that there's, there's constraints there preventing more lineups. Um, yeah. So they also had the, uh, power hour last week, the, the Sunday one was goalkeepers and yeah. there were zero, uh, MLS yeah. starting goalkeepers in that, in that bucket. Um, what I thought was, I'm trying to pull it up here on my computer, but like, um, so I looked at the secondary market right now at what the available goalkeepers are and yeah. it, um, it gets really ugly because, uh, we talked about this last week, just like the reason why goalkeepers are more expensive because, uh, of basic scarcity. Like there are just not that many of them. So right now I tried to go through the list of available 
starting goalkeepers on the secondary market. I didn't even look at prices because yeah. the prices are all outrageous. Um, and I included guys like uh, Pablo Cisniega, who might might not start, but he might. Sure. Um, and of course, he's in a situation where the other guy, uh, Ken Vermeer, doesn't have a card. And mm-hmm. so we have, an, uh, I think it was, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine guys in a league of 27 that don't have cards uh, in terms of starting goalkeepers. <laughs> so I included like Ochoa and Putna just to like make this. I included uh, Nick Marsman because even though he's not even coming, there are currently 102 starting goalkeepers available on the secondary market, like card wise. Yeah. Um, there are 26 super rares. So if you wanted a super rare MLS goalkeeper, and this is like, this is why they're so expensive because for the the most of a single player was Alex Bono, who might not start. <laughs> yeah. He has seven uh, rares right now. Like there are five oh, Andre Blakes. prices are extreme. <laughs> it's like, it's really extreme. Um, however, uh, looking, if you look at the rewards, um, they certainly plan on giving some away. Like uh, Jimmy Maurer is the first one on the list. We've got Marcinkowski. Um I just scrolled by another one and lost it already. But like there are goalkeepers in the rewards pool. And that's the only reason I can think of why they're not auctioning them. Uh, Like I (laughs) hopefully like if they if they'd made all 65 uh, rewards from Champion America D4 goalkeepers, like I'd get it. No. Yeah. I don't know that I, I would get that. Like that would not actually make that much sense because the people that would be getting them would be people that already have gold. Oh, that already have them. Good point. Lineup. So um, it's not ideal. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Yeah. I don't know what the solution is to that, but like the number like of I people said, who are still desperately looking for goalkeepers. Is nothing it. to the madness. We just don't know what that is right now, mm-hmm. or we may never know. Um, but there's a reason they're being held back. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. All right. Um, so do you have, so the U23 has been going on all season, obviously, like with the, the U23 season is pretty much always going. Do you think a lot of people are going to use their MLS U23s in, uh, champion America or U23s? Like some of the U23s in, in champion, in the champion America, like group are, are some of the best players in champion America. So, like, if you want to win Champion America, like, you probably do want to use guys like Diego Rossi, but he's pretty good for U23, too. Yeah. Two things there. So, I think people will look at the rewards pools, and that'll be really important in those decisions. But also, if they have a comparable uh, option. So, if you own a, a Rossi, you might also own a Vela. I don't know. I, like, if, if you've got the scratch for a card that good, you probably have another good card, too. Mm-hmm. So, I think that that's, I think that those decisions are very easy. You know, the, the Vela goes in champion America and then the Rossi goes in the U23. But I think rolling back a little bit, looking at the reward pools is really going to be important for those people that might not have good choices there and, and are going to be submitting one lineup versus two. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to look at the, the reward pools and, and, and find out which one has cards that you're more interested in. So if you want more more MLS players or America players, yeah. If you if you want a shot at you know if Mbappe's in the uh, U23 pool, I mean 
shoot for the stars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not going to win Mbappe in Champion America, so right. Uh, that's a. I like the way that you look at that because uh, I was just looking at it more from an entry standpoint of like <laughs> they both pay out 65 spots, so whichever one has fewer entries, you should just go there. But um, I mean, they're stack. They're going to be stack lineups in both of those just because there's so many uh, good players. Although I believe the. Uh, Eredivisie's off this week, so there are a decent number of very good U23s that aren't playing. So maybe uh, yeah. Yeah, there's one way you to know, look at it, at least. Yeah, and I think it gets a, that question changes a lot here in like a few weeks Ooh. when the European leagues, because who, who are you going to use uh, as a U23 goalkeeper? Um, I mean, you might have one option, like maybe two options. If J-League's J- playing... Um, and you're you're not unlucky enough to have a, a a player that's outside of one of the game weeks, then uh, yeah, you can. There's a few options there, but there's going to be like U23 is going to have very limited options this summer and uh, a, a goalkeeper, and that'll be uh, another another one of those constraints I talked about, uh, where we might even see people submitting like four player lineups yeah. with. Uh, like four players that are really good with no goalkeeper or a goalkeeper that's not has no game, and they could get into the reward tiers just based on uh, the lack of options, especially in like D two, D three, where you know uh, there's going to be fewer entries, mm-hmm. and you know what if what if one of the the J. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The goalkeepers, or a couple of the J-League goalkeepers just have really bad weeks and score 15 points or something. Uh, it opens the door up for the guys with no goalkeepers, which is which will be funny to watch. <laughs> um yeah, I think I don't remember if we specifically mentioned it last week, but yeah, uh, JT Marcinkowski from San Jose loses his U23 eligibility yeah. on July 1st. And so um, did we say he was the only one starting in MLS, the only uh, U23? Yeah, we really don't know. <laughs> right. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. yeah. And and by then, who knows what, uh, what we'll see right. anyway. We're not – April 15th is not a great time to figure out what's going to happen in July. But um, – Yeah. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything. Which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed. 
Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. So we mentioned Rossi. Uh, Rossi's a tier two reward this week. Uh, do you want to explain? So you, I, I saw this and I was, I just started laughing because uh, just some recent events in the so rare world has have people questioning what, what tier people should go into. Um, but you had a very quick and straightforward answer of why uh, Rossi fell into tier two. Can you explain that to uh, our listeners here? Yeah. So not just Rossi, there was a bunch of goalkeepers as well. So yep. good goalkeepers, good MLS goalkeepers that fell into that tier. And it's because of their last auction price. And those players likely weren't uh, auctioned. Uh, I think you mentioned the last Rossi auction was January something. Yeah. So January, the appetite for that player was a lot different than it is right now. The <laughs> auction price was a lot lower. And when you compare the auction prices of those players back in January to right now, um, yeah, they probably do fall into the tier two bucket. So uh, I don't think we ever got like a real answer on that question, but that's what it is. It's the last auction price. And I think a pretty simple solution would be looking at secondary market prices when they tier these cards, because uh, if they if they factored those in, removed any anomalies, because there are anomalies yeah. where somebody misprices something and, hey, a bot picked it up for 0.01 or something. Uh or, or the opposite where, you know, they trade – somebody trades a kind of a silly card for 1F. Uh, mm-hmm. We've seen that too. But if they kind of remove those anomalies – and I think that I think that should really just be somebody's job before a game week to just scrape through the tiers, look through it. And, I, I, of course, I'm making this sound really easy. <laughs> um, but it, it, I'm sure there's, there's probably technical challenges sure. to it. But somebody should look through those tiers, scrape through them, and just be like, okay, Rossi is a star. I'm moving him to the star reward pool. And I think there was like uh, five or six goalkeepers that were like tier two rewards. Like that's pretty crazy. Maybe just move those into tier one or star. Uh, would make a lot more sense, especially when you look at the prices that they're auctioning for right now. Yeah, I'd say um, – so when – uh, so rare data started including the um, the pre the price chart of like where th- things had sold. Um, yeah. I I brought it up to HG that he didn't include uh, direct offers. So like if a card is sold on the secondary for what it's posted for, that's included, and auctions are included, but the other mm-hmm. ones aren't. And I was like, why wouldn't you want that information to be shown? And it, it's obviously shown elsewhere on on so rare data, but not on that page. And he was saying that basically. Um, some of those can get really wonky and he didn't want them kind of messing up the graph. And, and I totally understood that. Um, I mean, there are, um, people who, you know, you can trade so rare cards for things not in so rare. Uh, and so in order to deliver that, you have to deliver it through so rare. So it looks like you're just giving somebody a card and it turns out you're, you know, you have a a suitcase full of cash at home, you know, like who knows. Right. Um, some people sell cards for, for money on PayPal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so like I, that made total sense to me. Um, and so then I was like, well, then that's going to screw up uh, the algorithm when the, they, they try to use these yeah. for the rewards. But like these cards trade enough where like even if you've got a band of like the last five or ten, like we can at least get beyond this. So I yeah. hope they do that. Um, looking in tier two. So we already mentioned that Rossi's in there. Uh, Eloy Room. Uh, Quentin Westberg, who may or may not start. Andre Blake, 
Um, yeah. He would go for a, a decent amount. Uh, Nani, Brad Guzan, Barco. I mean, if these were in tier one, we wouldn't hesitate. So I have a question for you. Are you going to build a lineup that specifically tries to win a tier two prize? <laughs> <clears throat> um, based on how I make lineups to win the first place, uh, I'm perfectly set up to try to win a tier two. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Yeah. I think mine too, because I haven't, I've had a bad, bad run of luck, so I'll be happy to pick up a tier two. So. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I think, uh, I mean, some people have joked about it. Like, if there's a week to win a tier two card, this is this is it. Although, to be honest, I don't. It's not going to change, or it shouldn't yeah, change anytime soon because there are no auctions on these guys. Yeah, yeah. If they don't auction them, then this is yeah, this is going to be crazy. So they'll have to make some manual adjustments or uh, some kind of changes because it's like as we talked about, it's ridiculous. And if it's just one week of it, fine. But it. It really should not go on. It should not be a, this should be a very short term thing. Right. Um, although, although it does feel like a, a decent way to distribute better cards to lesser players. <laughs> um, I don't think they did this on purpose, but if you are somebody who doesn't have a great team because you can't afford it and all of a sudden you luck your way into a tier two Eloy room, like that's, that's yeah. pretty good. Honestly, um, like, I have a lot of unpopular opinions and sometimes it is things like that where it's like, okay, you know, somebody, somebody got really lucky and won Ronaldo as a tier one. Good for them. Um, and then honestly with the good comes the bad. And you know, if we had somebody on social media going nuts over a, a, a bad tier two card and it's like, well, you know what? Stuff happens, right? Yeah. I mean, it's one card move on. Uh, and granted, Good, st good stuff happens. You have the tier one Ronaldo or uh, I don't even know that, that that ever actually happened. I just know that he's in that pool on some game weeks. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, unpopular opinion from from my side that sometimes that's kind of a good thing for for. Yeah. Rossi to be in tier two. Sure. Let somebody win it. <laughs> I, I think uh, most people would agree with you on that part, but it's the guys who should be in tier three that are now in tier one that probably which. Yeah. I get when you win it. Uh, I haven't gotten close to tier one. So um, there are 15 Eloy room cards left, apparently, mm -hmm. according to this, uh, according to Sora. Um, theoretically, although being tier 15 two. 15 to auction or 15 to win or? We don't know. It just says 15 or left. Um, although it's on the reward. Oh, you're talking about in the reward pool. That's what it says in the reward pool. Yeah. Yeah. So there's 15 more that can be rewarded. Oh, okay. It can, so if you go look at his uh, last mint number, it's probably like in the 70s or something. So 15 more can probably be auctioned, 15 more can be rewarded, something like that. Um, although tier two, it could be a referral reward too. Oh, right, right. Um, yeah, let me see. His last auction was uh, card 69. So okay. that was March 7th. Nice. So a month and change ago. Um, I, I don't know. It's... um. It's not helpful. Uh, yeah. So not to pile on some uh, so rare screw ups, but there are still some players that have um, red X's by them because. Yeah. So it's my understanding that they do that because of what comes from Opta, like Opta gives them team designations. Um, right. Rotowire has a feed from Opta 2, and we've seen very quickly that they don't update 
that fast. Um, but they do update. And I, I did notice that Kevin Leardam, Kelvin Leardam, excuse me, um, who had it for a long time, uh, now does not have the Red X, but he also, according to their site, doesn't have a game for this weekend. So you can't play him in Champion America as of 22 hours before lock. But So he, he does have the Red X or they removed the Red he, X? They removed the Red X. He's still listed okay. with Seattle because that's what his card was when they issued it. Uh, he now yeah. plays for Inter Miami. It but, sounds like they're fixing it. Yes, but in the game, like. in the game, it says he has no game. But yeah. you can at least play him. Um, right. I was concerned, very concerned, selfishly because my Brian Meredith, uh, Joe Willis handcuff or somebody else's handcuff that I happen to own uh, still has the red X. So if anything happens to Willis, uh, I'm going to burn the place down until that red X is uh, is gone. But uh, I have to imagine that they fix that before the game week anyway. So uh, yeah, people shouldn't. Uh, Go too crazy. Um, so are you, how confident are you to finish, uh, to win this special Jimmy Maurer card? <laughs> I'm going all in, man. <laughs> I'm going all in on the special edition Jimmy Maurer. <laughs> I mean, it's funny to me because uh, <laughs> it's probably the most uncollectible thing I've ever seen. And it's supposed to be this like super awesome collectible thing. And it has the the cool design that mm-hmm. they don't really have on any other cards, and uh, there's just nothing sexy about winning a Jimmy Maurer at all. Like, uh, like there's so many other better options that that could have been. Like, if if you're just talking goalkeepers, like the first one I'm thinking of is the Chili's, the 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 hot young uh, uh, MLS goalkeeper that you know is breaking into the national team. Like, yeah. that would be a cool collectible goalkeeper card to, to win and yep. own um, with a special edition flair or whatever. Um, you know, and there's probably not a ton of goalkeepers that in the MLS like that, that I would really want. Like, you know, they're, they're not a very sexy group Blake because he was goalkeeper of the year last year mm-hmm. or Stefan Fry, just cause he's kind of the, you know, he's kind of like the, the MLS goat. Yeah. But like, if they're just wanting to do like, really cool MLS collectible cards for that special weekly. I mean, Diego Rossi or Vela or Joseph Ladero, like those would have been cool. Like it's I not think a short that list that was, of guys they could like, have used. Not, not to, not to just like, like, I don't know, dump on Jimmy Maurer, but the guys played in like two MLS seasons. Um, like one full season, I think is a starter mm-hmm. uh, is kind of like a, like a semi-pro journeyman and we're, we're getting special edition cards. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you, I guess it's, uh, I should have brought up earlier in terms of like entering stuff. Do you ever prioritize the, the special weekly? Hmm. Uh, yeah. Like if it's, it's really dependent on the, the, like the reward or like whatever, but like it's, it's, it's a like an inner battle. Like I know I shouldn't, they only give away 10 prizes. So like, I'm probably not winning anything. Right. In fact, I don't think I've ever, like I'll have to talk to HD or maybe even look through uh server data. I don't know that I've ever cashed in the weekly ever. It It's really hard. Yeah. Maybe a long time ago. Cause I think they might've paid more places like kind of like before, like the new scoring system and everything. But I don't like. I couldn't tell you like, like recently, me ever even like ever even really being that close to it either. 
I remember. Um, Which, by the way, watch this week. I'm winning that Jimmy Mahler. There you go. It's <laughs> absolutely that. yours. Um, <laughs> do you wait five or ten seconds before you put it on the secondary market just to get rid of it? I think now that I've like gone on a little bit of a ramp, I think I have to keep it. You know, like I'll True. I'll talk to uh, uh, Frazier or whoever that was, and I'll get the uh, fridge get magnets. magnets. Um, I do remember a few months ago, they did a special weekly where they gave away 200 goalkeepers and it sounded like a really cool idea. I didn't have any goalies at the time and I Mm -hmm. entered and didn't get close. And that's now making me think about what you said a few minutes ago when I was like, oh, they should just give away 65 goalies. And you're like, no, those are all the people who have goalies. And I think everybody who won goalies in that one probably had goalies already. And that's why they finished in the top 200. But I think that's the only special weekly I've ever even entered because it's just, it's just not worth my better cards to try to win that. That's how I looked at it. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if there'd be like some neat ideas where they could like almost airdrop uh, those goalkeepers to like uh, managers that maybe like, and I'm not saying just like airdrop all of them and give them all away, but maybe like, Somebody that's consistently played an all-star D4 like uh, a number of times with a common goalkeeper. They don't own a uh, starting goalkeeper. And, uh, you know, maybe they've they've played an all-star D4 like 20 times with a common or something. Like, I don't know, maybe you reward that and like uh, quietly reward that. And yeah. I don't mean like maybe without announcing that you're going to do it. You just do it at some point just and then it. make the announcement. Hey, we did this. It's, you know. We're, we're promoting these players that are grinding out before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's know. a great idea. I like that a lot. Um, so we've got some t- Twitter questions that uh, some people have sent us. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, the first one is kind of a two-part question, or maybe it's two questions, and I'm just letting it happen to be one. Um, from uh, Twitter user is so rare monkey, which uh, fits right in with the name of this podcast too. Uh, yeah. Um, so... The first question was, are MLS players currently overpriced compared to other leagues or are they appropriately priced considering you're in uh, with a good chance of winning a card or ETH in D4? Uh, And then the second question was, is the lack of availability of Champion America goalkeepers going to restrict entries? Um, So I don't. So we kind of talked about at the beginning that like MLS player prices are pretty expensive. Um, Mm -hmm. What I think is kind of interesting about it is that if you're somebody who wants to grind D4, um, I think there are plenty of players that you can get that aren't super expensive. Um, yeah. I, I, especially if you do your homework, um, that there are some players who, uh, you know, maybe someone starting right back that like doesn't get a lot of publicity. Um, the elite MLS players are absurdly priced though. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I've got a couple couple of answers to this question, but one term that we throw uh, around a lot is reward snowballing. So, um, yes, they might be overpriced or you might consider them to be overpriced right now. But to get in the game and to start snowballing rewards, um, you got to buy it. You got to buy the thing. So uh, I think they're appropriately priced, to be honest. That said, um, literally while we've been on this uh, uh, video call right now, uh, they made the rewards announcement. I haven't looked at it yet. So I think, uh, uh, I think that probably like some of the stuff that we may have said might be moot. But 
my, my imagination is that they're increasing the number of rewards. So the opportunity to snowball rewards is probably going to be there. Um, so maybe prices go higher before the season starts because people are like, oh my gosh, there's going to be lots of rewards. Uh, let's, let's start snowballing rewards. I got to buy the thing. And then prices are going to go up. I don't know. This will be, uh, and I got to read the announcement too. So, um, I think that as soon as, as soon as we get done, we're both going to read it. (laughs) No, I think that's, uh, kind of an interesting way to look at it. Um, falls in that to make money, you have to spend money or whatever it is. Although, um, yeah, it's kind of an interesting idea of, because if you're just grinding D4 threshold, I think you're fine to not overpay for these guys. Yeah. Um, but we kind of have mentioned that we think there are going to be some really good teams in Champion America. And yeah. so those really good teams include really expensive players. And if you want to compete with those guys, you're going to have to end up with some of them, um, which is yeah. kind of a bummer, I guess, for some who are trying to not do it that way. Um, yeah, or or you find good good like team composition. Yeah, you know where you may not need the top guys, but you have like uh, like you did with your river team, where it's you have five players from the same team, and you're just hoping to hit Yahtzee that one week. Yeah. So uh, I think the I think you can avoid those by pay, paying the top dollar by uh, uh, doing either defensive uh, plus goalkeeper stacks where you have two defenders and a goalkeeper from the same team, or you do like a whole team and just say, okay, if River if River wins five nothing, I I am going to be in the top twenty. Right. Yeah, yeah, I think that makes a ton of sense. Um, the next one's from Twitter user three one three Dennis. Um, as many schedule revelations as possible, please. Um, playoff format: players leaving for Euros. Do you think they have an All Star game? Um, we're assuming that's uh, not included in the in a game week somehow because that would be quite a. I can't even use the term I was going to use. <laughs> yeah, it would be hilarious. Is, <laughs> is what I'll say. Uh, for for those that don't know what the MLS All Star games look like. Uh, this year it's going to be, I think, the MLS All-Stars against the Liga MX yeah. All-Stars. But in the past, it's been like the MLS All-Stars against like Chelsea or MLS All-Stars against a uh, European team that brings, I think, most of their squad. But usually the Stars either don't play or they play like 20 minutes or something. I went uh, to the All-Star game a few years ago in Atlanta. Um, mm-hmm. I won it from playing MLS Fantasy. And oh, that cool. was the uh, MLS All-Stars against Juventus. Uh, Juventus signed some striker from Real Madrid that year. Um, he did not make the trip to Atlanta. Um, I believe, uh, Miralem Pjanic was the most famous player on the team. Although if I think back, I think Kulovsky was there. Kulusevsky was there and okay. he was probably like 17. So I didn't even know who he was, right. but, um, yeah. one of those cool things, but yes, no, I can't imagine the, uh, MLS all-star game is included. What about the skills competition? You think they'll include that? <laughs> yeah. Where Jimmy Maurer like, wins all the goalkeeper ones. It's like how far you can kick the ball, and right. like they're kicking kicking the soccer ball through a hula hoop or something. It's just a game where I hope my guys don't get hurt. It's as simple as that. <laughs> like, please don't get hurt. Yeah. Um, but the summer stuff that we have to look out for. So we don't. There are some guys that you know are going to play for their national mm-hmm. team. Um, there are others that are kind of are fringe, and you just don't know. Uh, the U S didn't qualify for the Olympics. So, uh, everybody who had David Ochoa cards was thrilled, um, bummed and then thrilled, but the, the key dates, uh, to look out for. So the European championships, which there are definitely some guys who play 
uh, Euros is June 11th to July 11th. Um, Copa America plays basically the exact same time. It's June 11th to June 10th. We have the Gold Cup this year, uh, July 2nd, which so that's basically towards the end of Copa, Copa America to August 1st. The Olympics are July 23rd to August 9th. Now, keep in mind, the dates of these are the dates of the actual competition. So they'll probably leave a few days um, early because they uh, have to train. And if they're on terrible teams, then hopefully they come home early. Um, yeah. And then uh, we have World Cup qualifiers in September, October, November. But that's so far ahead that I there's no reason to plan for that. Yeah, um, it's. These have always been notoriously difficult to plan for because yeah. you don't know who's going to get the call up or, you know, like there's situations where a guy might get hurt so they don't get the call up, but then they, they heal. So they end up playing the MLS game. So right. like, I, I don't even, I don't even make an attempt to be quite honest. Yeah. I think, um, I think the problem with planning so far ahead is just like you said, I think the injury one is the key one that we're like, if somebody is injured and is going to miss the first three games of the gold cup, like they're not going to call them, but then right. you have them for half the gold cup, you know, because once but then they might call somebody else up that you do have. And then that guy misses like there's, you know, chain reactions that can occur and right. totally screw up your plans. Yeah. Um, it is, I think we discussed this last week. It is one of the, the bummers though, that like you want the better players, but the better players are the ones who are going to get called from their national to their national team. So, yeah. The, the worst, honestly, was last year during the playoffs when, like, key players from teams, like, I think there was a week where LAFC had to play without uh, Rossi and uh, Brian Rodriguez yeah. and maybe somebody else. Maybe, I don't know about Vela. But they didn't um, have Vela anyway. You know, Vela was right. Yeah, so good. they were, they were like, like that, that's not so bad. Like, yeah. This is a playoff game. This is important. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, the last one is... Actually, we kind of already discussed it um, from Prav to Chani, uh, just discussing strategies with respect to D3 versus D4. Um, do you really do you think it's like I, I just throw my extra into D3? Like, do you think I think the better question is, do you think you can compete with one super rare as opposed to two? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, you could probably probably win with one super rare. Not to say that it's like that big of a difference, the percentage or whatever, mm -hmm. but I think that if you're, if if you have, I mean, honestly, you could win with five really good rares. Mm -hmm. but the question would then be, why isn't that five really good rare team in D four? Right. <laughs> so I think typically the five rare teams you see in D three are the five rares that weren't good enough in that person's gallery to play in D four. So it's like their next tier of guys. Right. So that's why I typically five rares is not good enough to win. I mean, is the, the two 20% uh, boosts really enough to like make it impossible? No, but it's just like people don't, people aren't going to prioritize that with five rares. They're going to prioritize D four with five rares. So I think that if you had five really good players, one of them was a super rare. Sure. You can win D three. And the same goes for, I mean, if you had, if you really had five great rares and you just were like, oh, I'm not playing it in D4, I'm going to play it in D3. I think that that's crazy, but I think that you, you – honestly, you could win, but I think that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I think the the more important thing is don't don't kill both teams by, like, playing some of your good players in D3 and some in D4. Like, that's the they easiest do. way to just be get a zero for the whole week. Yeah. 
I think that that's really good, really good advice. Yeah. Like if you're going to spend up for the, the five excellent rare cards that you think can compete in D3 and then you go and split them. Um, yeah. The other, the other hard part too is like, there used to be a bigger, like, so it, it used to not be percentage boost on the super rares and uniques. It used to be like a, a multiplier mm-hmm. and that multiplier used to be like a lot bigger. So like a, a super rare was a lot more powerful than a rare, which was good because like the, the crummier super rare players were still better than like a, like a really good rare. Yeah. So, uh, I, I mean, right now kind of the utility on your like, I don't know, tier three super rare type players that are just like, they maybe average like 40 or 50 points, like, or maybe like 30 to 40 points or 35 to 50 points. I don't know. The lower average super rare guys are just like, like, I don't know, like put them in D3, but like, eh. yeah, you're better off with a really good rare player nine times out of 10. Yeah. I think that's, I think people overlook that too, that they're just like, oh, I need some super rare so I can get into D3. Right. It's like, well, if you just have a middling, uh, like you might be better off spending up. Like if you're going to spend X amount for a middling super rare, just get a better rare card and, and yeah. play that. Right. And then you have kind of like that floating utility where like, it's, okay, maybe I don't want to play D3 this week. I'll take him and I'll put him into another D4, like all-star D4 or something and, and captain him. And so I think that like, that's why you see the prices of rare. Like that's why, that's why a super rare is not 10 X more. Yeah expensive than a rare because the rares are just more they have more utility so i think that the team can i think the team should work on fixing that um i think it's a problem like i think that that's something that should be addressed and fixed like uh and it it, it could be little tweaks where you know the super rares get a little bit more of a boost and then the uniques get a little bit more of a boost over the uh super rares Mm -hmm. but i just think that it doesn't make a lot of sense right now like there's a big chunk of cards right right now the, the in the super rare realm that are just like eh, they're not even worth owning really right the, the rare versions can at least help you get a threshold uh yeah, in D4, for sure. uh, global but yeah i agree i think um yeah that middling super rare category is like those yeah. are the cards when i sort uh super rares that i could possibly buy and i do the the uh cost close the cost bars and i'm just like oh that's I don't want any right. of these guys. I would never right. dream of buying their rare cards. For sure. Yeah. Um, all right. I think uh, I think that's good uh, for this week. Um, thank you, everybody, for uh, watching and listening. If you are watching on YouTube, if you just uh, please hit the like button below. Uh, you can also subscribe for all the Rotowire videos. Um, we're going to be back uh, every week, so feel free to, to check that out. If you are listening to the audio version of this podcast, if you could please rate and review it wherever you listen. Um, you can find Andy on Twitter at ABBlack. Did I do it again? ABLack86. There's something about that AB that throws me off. ABLack86. Um, I am at Rotowire Andrew. Also, you can find us at uh, Black and Lerdino on So Rare, respectively. So, um Yeah. If you guys have any other topics that you'd like us to cover, feel free to hit us up uh, in those channels as well. So, Andy, thank you for that. Good luck on this uh, first Champion America week. Sounds good. You too. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.